0: This, uh, this is Joe Cole.
1: This is Ruben off the cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London, London Is Blue podcast.
0: podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast. As I was your host Brand, Joe, my host Nick. No Dan, and we have not anything that listeners have ever heard before. This is a world premiere, a debut, something that has been in the works for almost a decade, Nick. Almost a decade. <laughs> hype, yeah, hype,
2: hype it up, man! Let's let's get into it. <laughs>
0: It uh, we we've got a new podcast we're launching. This is a podcast launch. You probably saw it by the title, the famous CFC is what it's called, but you don't know what it means. So here we are, Nick. We are going to bring everybody uh, into this very cool show that we have. What what is kind of the description of this idea that that we've come up with with help from our dear friends?
2: Yeah, this is not you know what you've kind of come to expect from our our feed. This is not a match review. This isn't a tactics pod. This isn't a megapod which you've become accustomed to uh, but we are introducing in today's episode we're calling this episode zero of the famous cfc it's a very special content series um, that you're going to hear over the next period of weeks and months we will work out the schedule obviously as we as we keep going but this is a a, a kind of a spin on a, a chelsea history podcast you guys have heard uh, the venerable Rick Lambill on the show before we've, we we kind of did that series at the beginning of COVID, where we kind of did three big episodes that covered the gamut of Chelsea history. In this episode, we're going to talk about what you can expect from the series, the origin story of how we got to this point, and kind of <laughs> little uh, tidbits in between. And so we're really, really excited to bring uh, this series and uh, the expertise that, come, that comes with it uh, into our into our little family of, of shows because it's it's our goal to make kind of a holistic Chelsea platform and you can't do that without having kind of the full history readout uh, as a as a part of that so very much looking forward to helping folks understand uh, how uh, Chelsea got to the point that it is today and. All of the fun stories that it turns out have happened over a number of years, despite what opposing fans will
0: tell you about the club. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think at this point, we want to introduce the venerable hosts. as Nick said. We've got Rick Glanville uh, and Gary. Remind me your last name, Gary. How do you pronounce it? So don't butcher it. It's a Barone. Barone, See, I, I would have gone hard A, real American, so I appreciate that. Uh, we got Gary and Rick, uh, who are going to be doing this series. Rick, we'll kick it off with you. Uh, we've been working a lot on scripting and kind of some ideas yep. that have just been popping yep. out of your head. We're we're excited to finally kind of figure out how to mold this thing into a podcast series.
1: The extraction is complete. Uh, we're now going to be going uh, through, like, themes through history and Chelsea Heritage great stories, fascinating facts, busting a few myths, deep dives that never leave you without a life belt. So, you know, we're going to be comparing the 1900s to the present day, uh, 1930s, 1980s, some kind of real nostalgia for those times. But as I say, you won't be out of your depth. It's not going to be like, I've never heard of any of these guys. It's going to be uh some really great tales and some stuff that people just uh, don't know some new stories about our fantastic club and um as i say each each one's going to be themed so it's going to be uh we'll we'll take a slice through history so we're going to start off uh talking about new ownership and you know other we'll get into how, what other ones we're going to be doing but it's like about the music the culture um nationalities all kinds of stuff but like a
3: real slice through chelsea heritage how do you see it gary well I, I was thinking a bit um just now about what sort of journey it's been for me as a chelsea fan and i couldn't work out if it was a funfair ride whether it be a big dipper or a ghost <laughs> train and i'm thinking ghost train is probably the most accurate
2: <laughs> It's really it's exciting, exciting but there's lots of scares along the way. Uh fellas, can you do just like a little bit of a quick intro as as to your, you know, yourselves, your work, how you follow Chelsea over the years just for those who have not uh potentially uh, heard your your dulcet tones before on the show. And we'll start with Rick of course.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I've been working for Chelsea's f- since 1993. Um I joined the same summer as Glenn Hoddle, so I always <laughs> say the uh, the Chelsea revolution that started with Glenn Hoddle, hey, hey, don't forget me, I had a part in that as well. So I've been writing for every media outlet for the club since then, the programme, uh, where my notes nearly got me sacked, <laughs> the notes I wrote about Blackburn uh, once, a long time ago, uh, Chelsea TV, uh, and um, obviously I'm the official historian for the club, because I wrote official uh, centenary books uh, about Chelsea and um, been cooking this history pod for uh, a good decade or more and never had the platform until you fellas came along and gradually we cooked it up and now we have it.
2: Gary, why don't you uh, give a little story about your time following Chelsea? Okay, well, I was born and brought up in a place
3: called Camberwell in South London. And uh, all my family supported Chelsea on my father's side. On the mother's side, they all supported Millwall. And I was sort of equidistant between these two grounds. I hope your listeners know who Millwall are. Oh, yeah. Um, But I made one (laughs) of those huge decisions when I was very, very young. Did I go west to Chelsea or east to Millwall? And fortunately, I made the right decision. Uh, My (laughs) life would have been very different otherwise. Um, I started going with my father in the 1960s. So I saw Chelsea play under Tommy Doherty, and then I went through the Sexton Revolution in the 70s, and then the dark days of the 70s and 80s, punctuated with some very exciting highlights, but mainly pretty dark. I travelled for many years. I went to every single match home and away and developed a friendship with a few people. That gradually, the more we went, we met more people. We developed different groups. And um, we sort of joined up, as Rick said, about 97 with another group. And now we've got a very solid number of people that we all love Chelsea, all have similar values of life, and uh, we enjoy ourselves. And going to a football match is very much a social thing. We enjoy the pre-match, we enjoy the post-match, and
2: once in a while, we enjoy the game as well.
0: (laughs) Once in a while. (laughs) Once in a while.
2: Uh... Yeah, I mean, look, Rick, you can remember we were dancing around this earlier, but... This has been an idea that's been cooking for you for a long time and it's something that I know that you've kind of gone through multiple stages and iterations of. Can you just kind of tell the folks about your idea for the show and uh, kind of where the concept came from and and through all the work that you've done, obviously, as as Chelsea's official historian?
1: Yeah, I'm a huge podcast fan and have been for about 15 years, mostly historical pods, and I love the format because it um, it's like bite-sized radio, and also at the same size, at the same time, it's kind of long-form uh, radio in that it can take a subject and in, say half an hour to forty-five minutes. You can do a real deep dive into a particular topic, and uh, with uh, knowledge and expertise that you get from particularly in hi- historical podcast and I'm talking about like medieval and you know modern historical and all these kinds of things that I follow um, I just like that kind of quick immersion that quick bath in some really fascinating history and that's why I always felt that it's such a flexible format as well you can listen to it anywhere you can you do it, it's not scheduled it's when you want um, you can download it listen to it on a plane or, or whatever and so I just thought it was a perfect format for all these kind of nuggets that are in my head, uh, but I can't always commit uh, to paper or to my columns on the official website. And it's the sort of thing that I would say to, you know, Gary and I would have conversations about these topics when before and after games, you know, did you know that it just reminds me of this and do you remember that? And kind of these strands through history that I think will be really interesting, and we'll have a lot of fun. So, um I tried to do something like this with the club, and it was there's not really um, at the moment an appetite for it. So I thought, okay, well, I'll look for other people to work with, and I've known obviously known you fellas for a long time, and get on really well, and I and I know that you have a real integrity about these things, and it's your mission to uh, explain and and entertain at the same time and I, th- I think that's so important so i just felt it was a, a really good fit and actually i suppose you'd have thought that during lockdown it would have been the perfect time for us to do it but somehow <laughs> it was <laughs> you you fellas were so busy with other stuff and i was doing other things so that was another delay but i'm so happy that we finally got this uh, off the ground and it's going to be fantastic
0: nothing that a winter world cup can't solve rick Who knew this would be the gap that we would we'd find? Uh, Exactly.
1: Was always in favor of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: I think for us we're we it's really excited too, because it kind of gets us uh back to the the, uh the metaphorical drawing board, Nick. Um we get to come up with a show title, we get to come up with artwork, we get to come up with kind of a show structure. There's a lot that kind of goes into uh, launching a podcast. I mean I think a lot of people out there, you know, we pay attention to it. There's probably you know, five to 10 new Chelsea podcasts every season when the season begins. But at the end, they're usually not there because there's a lot of time and effort that goes into these things. So for us, it's uh, to, to like not only have, you know, the men's team, but now adding the women's and the youth and, and the tinkerman with the stats. And now, you know, this with the history, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think that's part of the reason why it's probably taken almost a year and a half from like quarantine ideation to like, all right, it's time to execute.
2: Yeah, I mean, if people don't understand, like, how much time all this takes. And, like, you know, <laughs> it, it's true. It's only, you know, I'd say only in the last couple of years, Brandon, that, like, we have found some efficiencies in the way that we do stuff. But, you know, the first few years, we kind of floundered around and tested and learned and figured it out. Right. And, uh, you know, as we've begun to kind of expand, you know, what we can offer on our on our platform, storytelling is something that I'm really passionate about. And I think that this provides the opportunity for us to get stuck in on some stuff that you may know that you might not know that are fun quirks in, in Chelsea's history. And the goal, you know, like, like we were talking uh, about Gary, uh, the goal is to not, you know, have professor Rick with his history ruler wrapping you over the knuckles. (laughs) Right. The goal is to, is to give you something that you can then, Potentially share with your friends that you find interesting, that you find fun. And so that's really what we're trying to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing that you have to think about, from my perspective, I write books, and books are kind of not finished, but um, this is a modern way of listening to what would be chapters in a book. So if you were going to buy a new history book and it was an audio book, then this is the pod for you because. Each of these, as you say, the work that's going into it, uh, the research, you know, you're talking decades of research condensed into maybe forty-five minutes of listening, and and it's kind of all original, lots of it anyway, and fresh, and it's going to be up to date and ancient. So you're going to get a real mix of stuff. And I know Gary is going to be Gary's so knowledgeable as well. He's going to be throwing tons of stuff in, aren't you, Gary?
3: I am. Me. Going to be throwing tons of stuff in, <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking just now that when you're talking about books, um, that fantastic book that I believe you wrote uh, about uh, Black and Blue, the Paul Cannaville biography autobiography yeah. that yeah. you ghosted, um, that was actually one of the reasons that um, when I did get to know you, that I, you were someone I wanted to seek out and speak with because I, I just thought that book was was brilliant. Um, and kind of, yeah. in, in writing about um, Paul's experiences and the difficulties mm. he faced. I think that also showed some of the divisions within Chelsea support because there were the Chelsea fans who would have supported Canneville through that time and mm-hmm. ones who were the cause of his uh disenchantment with playing for the club. Yeah. And so when you seek out friends in the sort of the Chelsea journey and want to find people that you want to hang around with, then mm-hmm. you're sharing values with people that um that see things the same way as you, and you seek those out, and you want to spend time in their company. So I think that was one of the ways we got together.
1: We had a mutual friend, didn't we? Um, who? Works... My
3: friend Shahira. Yes,
1: exactly. Who works for Paul Canavel, and um, who you? So we were kind of. It was almost like we were being pushed together <laughs> through through circumstance and groups of friends, wasn't it? We were becoming that crossover in the Venn diagram. No, now the, the crossover is a
0: podcast. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, add a third circle to that now. Make it even more special. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick ad break. Uh, when we're back, we're going to actually go through kind of season one topics, which is going to be really fascinating. I think this is where a lot of people are really going to get excited and get uh, uh, you know putting these into their calendar of when they're going to drop because some of these topics are fantastic. Uh, so thank you to sponsors for financially supporting the show, and we'll be right back. All right. So coming out of the ad break, we want to give you an idea of what you can expect because as we said, we put a lot of work into this. It's essentially, um, what Nick, we we've got the first season or kind of first run of six episodes to start. We've got more on the docket. Turns out Rick has no shortage of ideas, which is good. 190, yeah. <laughs> I think you yeah. broke our Google doc. <laughs> yeah. We ran out of pages. Um, yeah, but
2: I mean th- this, our vision for this is that we do uh short episode runs so about six a piece uh and and we we have those stretch take a little bit of a break and then get back to it, right so they're kind of it feels more episodic in a way, but these are gonna be evergreen stories, right So you know one mm-hmm. thing I want to call out to everyone is you know, our idea is to launch on Fridays, right? To have that be kind of the, your Friday warm up to the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, to have some fun stories. If you can't listen on a Friday, you can go back and listen to these anytime because they are <laughs> evergreen, right? They they live on, and that's part of the storytelling aspect. But one of the things, Rick, that we were excited to do when we kind of solidified the concept was to talk about what what type of music, what type of imagery, like what makes sense for this, because. <laughs> As we expand our network, we have to start to differentiate these shows from our from our standard show, right? We can't have the same rollout all the time, otherwise people get confused. So talk about the music because I know this is something that you're really passionate about
1: <laughs> yeah, I always had this um music in my head for a, a decade of what I thought would be a kind of really nice groove to set the tone of. Like something where you want to relax and you want to immerse yourself, and you know, have a drink by your side, and uh, your yeah, earbuds in, and you're just, oh yeah, yeah, I love this tune, and I know I'm going to get something really nice and groovy coming up now. And the music, I, I'm a huge reggae fan, and especially of this label called Studio One. And the track that was always in my head was "Oboe" by um, Jackie Mitu. And so I can't playing so it's a beautiful piece of organ in there a really nice rock steady like um pulsing a groove in the background and um so when we were thinking about what we could do we thought okay um maybe we can't use that specifically but you have brilliant creative people there that have come up with music that's very similar and it has i feel it has that kind of it prepares you it sets you up for what you're about to Listen to and put you in a great, happy, kind of comfortable frame of mind, but also importantly, reminiscent of Liquidator, which is the music that yeah. tells you run out to at every game this jiggly organ that it has on it that I'm sure you're going to love. And then, also, the great thing about the music is it's kind of got a hook in it, but you don't get tired of it, it's not something you're going to be, you know. the six episodes you're saying oh god not this music again (laughs) 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 and also the artwork you know Gary and I talked about it and well with you as well Nick about what we wanted and we wanted something that would kind of root us in history immediately so you look at something that's similar to one of the badges that we had in the 60s and also the skyline of if you like of the old Stamford Bridge with the uh, the the 70s East Stand and the North Stand and the West Stand and things. Because these are things that when you're standing in the shed, you would have seen at night, you would have seen that skyline. So we wanted it to have that recognizability uh, immediately, but also have a really contemporary feel, because that's what it is. This is like a real contemporary take on our history. It's not just dusty books and archives and stuff. This is like fresh, new, interpretations of our history
2: and theme by theme and and for you the listener the only change that you're going to see is when you open up your podcast app there will be a new kind of cover art there that signifies that this is the um the the new series that we're putting out so that'll be a little bit different than seeing our london is blue logo for the 950th time uh and when you click on play, you're going to hear a little bit of a different music, a little bit of a different intro. And and that's going to be something that we try and do with each one of our shows this year is really begin to, um, to frame these up a little bit differently and give them the the space creatively that they deserve. And so this will kind of be the, I think the first real stab at that, right, Brandon, that we, we try and and do something a little different
0: and, and fun. Exactly. You know, this is, uh, kind of our first polished-produced episodic series that we're going to take a stab at, so it's going to be fun to see. Editor Jake is hyped that he gets to uh, do more <laughs> than just balance EQ levels. He's actually going to be able to uh, put some character oh, yeah. into it, which, uh, like I said, we're really excited <laughs> about. Um, Rick, some of the episodes that we've got kind of laid out uh, for for this one, and we kind of can pop between you and Gary on these. Is so, so we want to kick off with Under New Ownership, Historically Versus Now. Um, I mean, I think it'll probably all come down to do we have an all-star game or not? If I... Really? Yeah, Yeah, and what
1: formation are we going to play? Let's not go there. (laughs) No, well, there have been four different... Briefly, four different ownerships, uh, three different nationalities, um, four very different amounts of investment in the club at that juncture and what do those you know one pound in 1982 what does that say about Chelsea uh, <laughs> when Ken Bates took over uh, 140 million in 2003 and what 2.5 billion in in uh, 2022 what's the story behind that why were those prices what they were how did those people come in what were their priorities? What differences, differences did they make? What challenges did they face, and how successful were they? And obviously, we're looking at it through the prism of the current. Uh, There's somewhere that we're just going through, and the incredible uh, developments that we're seeing. And I, and as you know, I've met a few of the people involved in the uh, the new ownership, and they're great people. And I'm so I'm gonna be offering a little bit of stuff about how I see them progressing things too.
0: And then. Numero Dos, Episode Two. Nick, uh, Planet Chelsea. Which I thought I thought this was really an interesting concept. It's not something that I, and this is why we love having the ideas from from these two guys. Is that never would have thought about something like this?
2: Yeah. So so Rick and Gary, this is all about the different nationalities that have been represented at Chelsea. Some which are incredibly obvious, right, and some which are probably more trivia night questions uh, for for those who might have a little bit of of that style going on, like talk about planet Chelsea and and what your idea is with this episode, because I think when you hear Chelsea history podcast, you, you think chronologically about, wow, we started in 1905 and now like, this is not what this is. This is a whole different style of show from episode one. The fact is that we've had so many different uh,
1: nationalities who play for the club. The first overseas player apart from scottish we were known as little caledonia uh because we had so many scots playing for us uh, initially um and then in 1912 13 nils middlebow first overseas star in english football anywhere came to chelsea why did he come it was on the back of olympics what's the story there you know we've got the football that he walked out with um for his first match as captain of chelsea Um, you know, 110 years ago, in the Chelsea Museum, and it's still got air in it from that time, incredibly. Um, So, but what is the impact of other nationalities? Um, Who have we not had? What nationalities have we not yet had? I mean, we've got our first Gabonese player, currently. We've got our second Senegalese player. Um, Why are we the best supported Premier League side in Brazil? Because we've had the most Brazilian players. Um, what are the what are the ones that have worked out for whatever reason? What nationalities blend really well with the Chelsea culture and fit in, and what ones don't? So we've got like kind of loads of firsts and breakthroughs and and people that were successful in places around the world where our support is really burgeoning and others where it's not. And of course the peg for it is the the World Cup. So we'd be talking about our World Cup winners like Marcel Desailly, and I mean Gary, how did it feel when in '98 when we just bought Marcel Desailly and then we watch him win the World Cup?
3: Well, it was wonderful, and um, it, it's it's amazing the impact that that '98 side had on Chelsea because we had Le and Desailly, we had um, uh, Emmanuel Petit, and we had Didier Deschamps. <laughs> so um,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were French. We, our <laughs> culture was French at the time. And then you know late, late, and then a little bit later, in the late nineties, we're Italian. Yeah. Suddenly, all the Italians love Chelsea. So you know, what's the, what's the chemistry? What's the formula there for, um, you know, do you need a certain number of, uh, of players of a, of a different nationality for them all to blend in and feel comfortable? You know, is it okay if you just have one Portuguese player, or do you need three or four for them all to feel like they fit in? And of course, Chelsea were the first English. Premier League side to field well the first Football League side to field a team comprised totally of
3: overseas players
1: no English players started that game you know so what's the story around that
3: we, we were slated for that by the way Rick we were absolutely yet, slated
1: but Colin Hutchinson uh, when he was talking about us as a club said we're a continental club playing in the English Premier League a continental club so what does that say about us and our looking out to the world and
2: welcoming the world.
1: I think it's a really interesting topic.
2: Hmm. Another interesting topic, Stanford. He has a secret <laughs> past. <laughs>
1: well, where we need to, I think we should get real expert guests to for the exposition <laughs> of some of these stories, you know. And obviously, you know, we've had Stanford since the 80s and now joined by Bridget. So what was the st- thinking behind that? Why do why do we even have mascots and you know looking further afield you can talk about well hold on chelsea have always innovated like this we were the first club ever in 1905 to have ball boys behind the goals to collect balls and now they're ubiquitous everyone has you know everyone uses the multi-ball and that's something that's happened so stamford in the mid-80s um what was it like wearing that costume i mean it must have stunk did they wash it much Stanford was stolen once, kidnapped. Another time, he sent postcards, disappeared, and sent postcards from all around the world. Then again, he had a program column in the 90s and hinted at at um, substance abuse. Oh my god! (laughs) So, so what did? (laughs) Um, So what was this? What is the real, the untold story of Stanford? And who better to come in as a guest? Then Jonathan Kidd, ah. um, who was actually the first Stanford. Now, he said he'll come on. He said, Up for you, Rick, I'll do it. I always say to him, because he's a great actor, and I always say to him, what was it like doing skins? Because apparently that's, in the actorial profession, that's what they call cosplay, wearing a costume, doing skins. And he's got some great stories about uh, what it was like to play Stanford and how maltreated <laughs> the the... Uh, the actor who played uh, Stanford was. So we get some, you know, some nice color from that.
0: Yeah, no, that'll, that'll be good. Uh, another one uh, is, is Chelsea Music. And in, in Gary, obviously, we don't live there. The majority of our audience doesn't live there and so understanding the music and and how like you know chelsea is in the arts district with just so much history and things like there uh there's surely going to be a lot for you guys to talk about when it comes to chelsea music
3: absolutely um i mean chelsea had a reputation going right back into the 60s that the swinging 60s king's road um that the sound of, of britain at the time that was sweeping the world with the new style of music but then chelsea got well known for the a pre-season tour to the Caribbean they were coming back with reggae music which was already popular in London but the, the club then started to play it which was a great combination and that's where we were introduced to Liquidator and some other sounds and then throughout the 70s um the Kings Road was the well not throughout the 70s in the latter part of the 70s Kings Road was this was where the punk movement started and so you yeah, had the, the punk revolution of music and it was right where Chelsea Football Ground was
0: so Stromer, all the way Chelsea through, there's
3: been all these influences It's just been marvelous. And
1: Britpop, of course, with um, you know Damon Albarn being a Chelsea season ticket holder, and new director Barbara Sharon, who was huh. uh, when hmm. I was a. Uh, Uh, A music journalist in my previous life for the Guardian newspaper and various other people and editing magazines, I used to have to go to Barbara all the time to try and convince her to give me an interview with one of her artists, like David Byrne or Paul Simon or whatever. And we'd negotiate over when we're getting a cover. No, you're not getting a cover. Well, you're not getting the artist then. And when I knew, once we knew each other as Chelsea fans, we got like a house on fire and we would, at uh, (laughs) PR events, you know, we'd be. Uh, saying, you know, it's all very well promoting this album, but we're playing Notts County at 7.45. How are we going to listen to that on the radio? Um, So, uh, you know, she's a a really interesting addition to the the Chelsea board and um, all the people that she's represented and all the... All the people that she, you know, she's taken to Stamford Bridge. I think she took Madonna to Stamford Bridge. I think I'm right in saying. Oh, and obviously the Rolling Stones. She was heavily involved in, and uh, Bill Wyman was a Chelsea season ticket holder. I think she went there with Keith Richards. So it's this kind of Chelsea through the decades have been always associated with music, and we also want to look at the the music that people have run on to you know sorry the music that the players have run out to so liquidator and then jump and <laughs> final countdown and I That's remember hotter, wasn't it little, yeah exactly a little just one insight of one story I'll tell where I used to do the Q&A with the players for the match day program and it was a mine was a kind of really left field uh, Q&A it wasn't the typical you know what's your favorite meal kind of thing and um, but one of the questions I asked all the players was, "What music should Chelsea run out to?" And Gareth Hall, who was very disgruntled at the time and doing the uh, did, did, doing the interview, he probably won't thank me for saying this actually, but he said, "Talking Heads, Road to Nowhere." Oh God! <laughs> and um, I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah." Anyway, it was published in the programme and I think he got a bit of ribbing. I don't think he's I don't think he's very happy with me still for that. But um so we got all this kind of richness, all these great little anecdotes and themes that we can run through it.
3: I, I like the fact that in twenty twelve the adopted theme for the season was Three Little Birds. Yes. I don't know how it started, but it became the theme for the Champions League run, didn't it?
1: Every little thing's gonna be alright. Yeah. And, um, it was a kind of it felt like a mental safety net for fans in a way, wasn't it reassuring each other yeah. look, things are going wrong, but they'll come
2: right, and they certainly did <laughs> um a really important episode five uh we get into black and blue a little bit, um which you know we've we've previously referenced on on this podcast, but talk about the importance of you know the culture you know some of the racist incidents of the past and kind of reconciling that with some of our um most important black figures in club history i'll let gary uh, well take that just so he can
1: say what a brilliant
3: book it was again it, it was <laughs> it, it was a great <laughs> book um what I think has is, is been fascinating um, to read about even more recent revelations is about what those black players that signed up for Chelsea went through when they were going through the youth system and working their way through the squad. And how as many of them actually made it through, I don't know how, because there wasn't enough being done to protect them at the time. And of course, if they did make it through, they would run out and there'd be a section of the crowd that was jeering them, even though they were wearing a Chelsea shirt, which I think is something that's totally unforgivable. Um, I think things have changed. I don't think everyone's gone away, but I think things have changed and they have changed for the better. And going back to the book, um, what a highlight of my watching Chelsea was seeing Paul Canneville come around the pitch at Stamford Bridge and see all four sides of the ground stand and applaud him. And it was one of the most moving things I've ever seen at Chelsea. Um, mm. And that told me that things had changed no doubt there were people in the ground even at the time that weren't happy with what was happening but they were the silent minority and before they were very loud quite a large Mm -hmm. minority at times Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, things have changed
1: but i think also we have to um i mean the likelihood is the pod will go out during black history month and i've done an awful lot of work with the club over the last few years um you know we now have the cannaville suite at the club of course yep um and we have complete we've had a complete overhaul of the youth system that you're referring to gary and the the, the standing and our appreciation of of black players has never been higher you couldn't countenance someone like ngolo Kante having to go through anything like paul carnival suffered uh you know 40 years ago so I agree with you, you know, laws change and moods change. People don't necessarily uh, change their views. They can do, or they might not, um, but they don't feel they can express them. And I think that's the important thing, that you suppress that uh, the worst aspects of people's uh, characters inside that environment to make it a healthier place for everyone.
0: And then certainly last but definitely not least, uh, the sixth episode we have uh, penciled in is Rising Suns, a nice pun off of S-U-N and is. S-O-N-S there. Uh, which you love that pun, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You wish, you wish you'd thought of that for your pod now,
1: don't
2: you? I mean... <laughs> f- it's not as good as Wikipedia, <laughs> but it's, it's fine. <laughs> now, uh, well, Rising
1: Suns... It was uh, actually the title of a column I did in the, the Chelsea program, which was looking at um, all of the like um, a select thirty or so of our greatest ever youth products, um, and right up to the present, like right up to Mason Mount and uh, and others, but going stretching back to Jimmy Greaves in the nineteen fifties, and telling the story of the changing attitudes to, towards youth development. So we'd be going a lot into that. Like some of the nuts and bolts of it, like what were you entitled to do with these youngsters, and what were the what was the safeguarding, and what were the you know where did they train, and and what kind of competitions did they enter, and what what pathway did they have to the first team, and I think for that, I mean, I'd love to talk to Phil Rolfe, get him to contribute maybe to that, uh, because him and I, Chelsea youth absolutely and him and I some time ago I suggested that we do a, a kind of a, a book together um, on the history of the the youth team and uh, he could do the modern part because he's the expert there and I could do the earlier part because I know quite a lot about that that never happened we both we both ended up too too busy but you know this kind of we can cover a lot of that in in this kind of format a lot of the things that need to be said can be said in that format
2: and and what this means i mean we've talked about chelsea youth we've talked about jonathan kidd we've talked about uh canners we've talked about all these guests i mean as as you guys are working through these episodes there's a a really strong chance that you're going to hear some really great guests give their own points of view on the topic of the day and so it's part of the storytelling aspect of this rick that's that's your goal right is to get uh as many of these kind of chelsea-centered guests together and give their own accounting of of what happened at the time
1: absolutely i'm 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 gonna search through my audio archive as well the recordings i've done with various players and staff um so that you get we get some contemporaneous stuff recordings i did in the uh the 90s and noughties or whatever hopefully I don't know whether any of that's going to be broadcast quality because I wasn't thinking when I was recording that, you know, in 20 years time, I might want to do a (laughs) podcast. Uh, (laughs) But I think it's important. and I'm very mindful that a lot of this is going to be Gary and mine interpretation of this. And it's important to get different voices in and particularly where there's expertise uh, that uh, can really offer different colours and different shades different takes i think that's really important
2: i love Look, brandon yeah we, we are we are super excited about this right i mean this too. It, it is a it's a different kind of pod than we've ever done like you said at the beginning and i i don't know about you but i am i'm excited to hear about chelsea Absolutely. in in different periods with different types of, of spins on the ball right this is like i said earlier this is not a chronological telling of chelsea history this is stories about yeah. our beloved blues this is not you know again like reading a, a history book in a way so th- th- i think that's the thing i'm most excited about it's kind of taking you on the roller coaster that is chelsea football club uh and
0: hopefully uh, having some fun along the way well look we dan and i pretty much gave nick a, a choice we said look we need a different type of content you can either go do true crime or a cfc historical <laughs> podcast <laughs> some of some of them uh, <laughs> seasons
1: have been true crimes so yeah, there is that
0: yeah we all we all know the true crime <laughs> and done it we all know that's the number one uh, genre but he opted for this the history series which we are actually, we've actually had a
3: few criminals as well to be fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, we we actually yeah, can and, name names because it's all been played yeah. out in uh, public yeah. courts but uh <laughs> no it, it we're so excited about this and, and like i said it's uh we look at it as a challenge for us to to you know use this awesome team we have behind the scenes like we talked about editor Jake uh you know we've Eshan's on the social yeah. side of it um he's great yeah yeah Nick's been you know taking time away from other things that we you know kind of do in a weekly daily basis to to stand some stuff up and so you know uh, what's great about this is that it's so fluid right we can talk about one part of a thing and we ended up scratching on the surface of another thing. Well, that can be a whole another episode, right? And it's so fluid yeah. that we can go wherever it needs to be. It's not in any specific order. There's going to be after I can see this happening. People are going to listen to season 1 or maybe even just two episodes and they're like, "Hey, guys, what about this?" And we're going to get a listener submissions Absolutely. of ideas, which is going to be fun too. Exactly. So, just You know, what?
1: I'd love to do that uh, that kind of um ask, you know, questions, get people to send in questions that we can or, or themes or suggest themes or you know ask for explanations of things that they've always wondered about uh, about chelsea you know why that why this how did that happen you know no one ever talks about this so let's throw that out there and uh and also i've got to say on behalf of gary and myself thanks for all the support to get this to where we are it's much appreciated
0: Quite. Well, i mean we sent nick over there to meet you guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: we did we have a few drinks? Yeah, we did. It was fun. Um, Drink was involved. Look, I, I think the last call-out I'd make here, guys, is, is just about the schedule, right? So our goal is to get this thing stood up you know, pretty quickly. You're going to start hearing it on Fridays as we get through what's well, a pretty meaty uh, schedule for Chelsea coming up before the World Cup. And then during the World Cup, our goal is to have these roll throughout November and December as well. And so... Yeah. You know, at a time where you're probably starved for a little bit of Chelsea Football Club, uh, we're going to aim to provide Chelsea Football Club content in a, in a way that's fun and, and invigorating. So uh, just on a schedule standpoint, just that's kind of what the, the game plan is here. Get the first six out, get the next, next six out, and then we'll figure out kind of what the, the spring schedule looks like. Um, and then, you know, look, as, as you hear new content, as you hear these voices, as you hear these new perspectives please send in ratings, send in reviews. We'd love to hear what you think about all this stuff. And it just like it was for us at the beginning, it helped make us a lot better um, as we, we, as we yeah. produce content. So we'd love to hear your feedback.
0: Now, we are, we are so excited uh, to launch this project and to give you uh, a nice little treat. We're gonna insert uh, a, a part of episode one uh, so you can get an idea of what mm-hmm. to expect. Um, but if you aren't hyped after you know this this intro episode, <laughs> I, I don't know what we can do for you. Uh, so we're just gonna push on and push out the content and see see when we pick you up, whether it's episode one or six, it doesn't matter uh, because you can go back and listen to everything again. They're just just one off stories uh, linked all the way through with Chelsea, and and that's about it. So Gary, it's been great to get to meet you and chat over WhatsApp. We're excited My to have pleasure. you kind Thank of join you. our little team here. <laughs> Uh, and then, likewise, Rick. Um, just the more content we can do with you, the better. So we're we're excited that always a pleasure. Yeah, we're we're in a position to be able to kind of offer all these resources to to get it over the hump. Fantastic!
1: So excited about this project.
0: All right. Well, with that being said, let's kick it over a, a segment, just a little teaser A clip, a teaser. Come on, of episode one. Here we go. <laughs> then, so that was up to nineteen eighty two. Then the Me's. Well,
1: it all went tits-up with the Mears in 1982. And um, Ken Bates came in. He bought the club for £1 in uh, early April 1982. And both of Marines- day, Rick? How, how much did he pay for it? £1. £1. That, and if you want to know, now look, look. some older football fans will say things like, oh, back in them days, you could uh, have a skimful of mild, you could uh, pay for entrance to the ground, have fish and chips... On the way home, and you still have change out of a quid. Um, But inflation hasn't been that bad since 1982. So a pound then is worth about £3.30 or £3.40 nowadays. So that is the real anomaly because then you're talking um, in 2003, uh, we have Roman Abramovich coming in, and he, like in July 2003, he spends about 140 million on the club and um 20 years later or so 19 in fact we go from russia with love to the usa and the bowley clear lake consortium who've outlaid what is it 4.25 billion so you've gone five grand one pound 140 million 4.25 billion and in fact those figures fairly reflect the state of the club at the time of the uh, takeover and sort of the state, yeah, the, the state that they were in and the issues that we're facing.
0: All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Obviously, way more of that type of content coming. But anyways, that's going to wrap us up again. Rick, Gary, thank you guys. Uh, we'll put links in the description. Everyone go follow. Check them out. Um, start to get engaged. I'm sure I people are already having ideas flowing out of them. So uh, it'll be great, Nick. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll make sure to start a new Google Doc just of, of ancillary ideas. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. Great review. Give us your feedback. We are are super excited to get this thing going. All right. Well, anyways, Chelsea fans, that's going to wrap us up. More content, as always, coming at you. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Hit the blue flag flying high.